0: We live in a world that is forever changing, from one day to the next. Now add to that an inner world that is forever at odds with itself. How does one accomplish anything when the only thing that is certain is uncertainty? Welcome to the Lifting with Bipolar podcast, the show designed to be an educational safe haven offering real-world solutions for real-world people. My name is Jonathan Sharko. Living with Bipolar One in today's world is a double-edged sword but I'm here to work through it with you. Let's get right into today's episode. Alrighty, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Lifting with Bipolar podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Sharko, and our distinguished guest, who I'm very grateful to have on today, goes by the name of Christina Mitchell. Uh, I always like to throw the mic to our guests and let them introduce themselves. So, Christina, uh, please let the audience know who you are, what kind of projects you're working on, and, uh, and uh, yeah, let's kind of go from there.
1: Okay, so guys, I am Christina Mitchell. I am a guardian expert and a mental health advocate. I've been a guardian of my mother and my aunt for 20 plus years of my life. I'm 38 years old, and I've built my platform on Instagram. Um, It's a blog that I created basically telling about our journey, what it takes to be a guardian, and to basically provide a platform for people that are experiencing the same thing as me as far as taking care of a loved one that may have a mental health concern whether that is schizophrenia and bipolar disorder or other mental health disorders but specifically my page is for schizophrenia and bipolar disorder um i am so excited Jonathan to be on this podcast (laughs) I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be able to come on here spread mental health awareness and just a side note I really appreciate what you do as well spreading mental health awareness through fitness it's awesome so
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much yeah it's a very mutual respect I I love the community that uh I love how we found each other through Instagram and through social media and just the power of the internet I, I know I'm based in uh on the West Coast, I think you're on the East Coast, so it's just beautiful what technology can do. Like we're not in each other's backyards but we're we we walk the same similar you know, have similar life experiences. Yes. Um while like really and it's it's so nice I have yet to have a guest who is a guardian who has such experience. So it's like this will be Mm -hmm. a very um great episode for people who don't know about guardianship or what it's like, especially with your two plus decades of experience. Um I think that's amazing and yeah, so maybe we can kind of get right into it. Like, maybe for those, those of us who don't even know the definition, like, what would, how would you define guardianship? Like, what is guardianship exactly? And uh, maybe why is it so important?
1: Okay, so guardianship, and this is my definition of guardianship, it's being an advocate for someone um, and taking care of their well-being for a person that doesn't realize that they need that care and that self-care. They don't realize that they need the basic needs of themselves taken care of, and that could be whether um, it's someone with a mental health disorder or someone with a medical disorder. Um, It is really important, um, guardianship gives the ability to be able to protect your loved ones, make sure that they're safe, make sure that they're getting the treatment that they deserve and that they need to help also prevent injustices. If we're speaking on um, specifically schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, which is what my page is about and bringing awareness in that arena. And it's really important to ensure that we take care of our loved ones. We know um, what questions to ask. We know who to reach out to, you know, and being a guardian It allows you to be able to make decisions for your loved one that is unable to make those decisions for themselves. Um, For myself and my mom and my aunt, um, our journey has been, oh, my gosh, they've been in mental health institutions all their lives. My mom, she found out about her schizophrenia at 16 years old. Um, My aunt also as an adolescent, and at the time, my grandparents were their guardians, but they weren't legal guardians, which meant that they weren't able to fully make decisions for them. They were able to um, pretty much guide them and get them petitioned into hospitals for their mental health treatment, but it was limited to what they can do. Um, on my page, on my Guardian Chronicles page that I have on Instagram at Guardian Chronicles, what I do is I show people how to become legal guardians, which means that you would be appointed by the probate court in which you reside within your Um, county that you reside in your state. And what that does is it allows you to be able to have the ability to make full decisions for your loved one in the case that they are in a crisis. Um, An example of that would be in the case that they haven't been taking their medications. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, all of a sudden, they're having hallucinations, delusions. Um, Maybe they're becoming a bit violent. They're in the household and They're trying to figure out what's going on with their mind. Either they're fighting into the air at hallucinations coming at them, or let's say that they're trying to hurt or harm somebody or themselves. If you have full legal guardianship of that loved one, you can petition them inside of an inpatient hospital against their will. Mm -hmm. And the benefit of that is that you're able to get them treatment and to be able to take care of their well-being and get them back stable on their feet and, again, to help prevent injustices because, um, as we know, there has been situations that have happened within our society in which there are homeless people, you know, on the streets or those with um, schizophrenia or a form of bipolar disorder in which they're not getting proper treatment. And unfortunately, um, society hasn't done them well. You know, if they're too sick and things like that, we've had police injustices, we've had, you know, them self-medicating and, you know, turning out to have substance abuse issues, such as self-medicating with drugs, alcohol, things like that. So Mm -hmm. it's very important that you guys take a look at legal guardianship and make sure that you are there to be an advocate for your loved one.
0: Yeah, no, well, I mean, you know, and it's so, it's so needed because it's, you know, it's, it's much easier for somebody, I think maybe, maybe under 18 or maybe 21, I'm not sure the specific age, but when they're kind of uh, I think probably 18. Maybe uh, maybe you could give me the right answer on that one. But like, it's really difficult once they enter adulthood for them to have somebody who can kind of you know be the, be their guardian and kind of steer them and keep them on a healthier track in life. And so it's uh, mm-hmm. really really interesting to kind of what you're doing and the definitions and kind of the explanations. Mm-hmm. Really, it really made a lot of sense. And um yeah, I mean, for you to dedicate two plus decades, how has that been for you, like personally, in your in your own path and being a guardian?
1: Um. It has its ups and downs. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say I've been totally, being totally honest with you guys. I've had stressors. I've had anxiety attacks before. I've had panic attacks before. It's like, this is what happens when you don't organize and utilize self-care before your guardianship. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is make sure you put yourself first, then your loved one. And I know you guys are like, what? What do you mean by that? I'm putting myself over my loved one. I thought that they could take care of themselves. Well, here's the thing. As I just said, I've had anxiety attacks and stressors and things like that because I wasn't putting myself first. So you guys have to look at it like this. If you're not good and you're not in your mental and your physical right state of mind, then you're not going to be able to be well enough to take care of someone that can't take care of their own needs. So in the past, I used to be the person that I would just make sure my mom and my aunt, what I mean to tell you, I would just be stressed to make sure that they had any and everything that they needed. Mm -hmm. And I realize now at 38, I wish I would have known when I was like, 12, 13, and through my 20s that I can do all that and more and still keep myself together. So I really want to make sure that if you guys do seek um, guardianship, it doesn't have to be ups and downs. It doesn't have to be stressors and things like that. As long as you make sure you put yourself first, you need to ensure that you have either a friend or a family member you can confide in. Make sure that you join a good support group, sort of just like what we have now with this podcast, with Jonathan's podcast, with my Guardian Chronicles page, you know, or make sure that you enter yourself into different hobbies and things, whether that's singing, dancing, you know, taking yourself out, getting yourself a massage. Make sure that when taking care of your loved one, because you're taking care of a whole nother human being, that you also put yourself in the forefront and don't get. Try not to get overwhelmed because it's not always bad. You know, I know I led with the anxiety attacks, things like that. But I say that because it can be a roller coaster. You know, when it Mm -hmm. comes to um, schizophrenia and bipolar disorder together with my mom and aunt, you know, it would be sometimes months where they're doing great and then months where they're doing bad. It would be years where they're doing great and years where they were doing bad. Right now, everything has been pretty steady. They've been doing pretty good. Both of them. We've had our ups and downs, but not to the point of where I couldn't, I was like overly, overly stressed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it is really
1: important guys that you put yourself first as well as take care of your loved one.
0: Yeah. You know, self-care is not being selfish. I think it's very important to fill your cup up and then it just kind of puts you in a better place to fill others' cups Yeah, I think it's you know that's very important taking tips. What are some maybe ways that you kind of fill your cup up and maybe practice some self care? You'd like to you like to do dancing and some yoga and some things (laughs) like that, or what what uh, what kind of things do you like to do for your personal self care routine?
1: Well, for myself, number one, I've been blessed to have a very good friendship circle. Um, my family and I are also close. I have a small family on my mom's side of the family. And then my dad's side of the family is my Jamaican side. So I'm like super close with my brother and a few family members over there. He's actually a, a psychiatrist. <laughs> my brother is. So he, he actually has, um, I've taught him quite a bit because he actually just became legal guardian of my brother on my, father's side who has schizophrenia but mm-hmm. i keep my family and my friend circle very close because it's really important that i have someone to confide in in the times that i need then like you said i enjoy singing and um dancing i have this newfound love of yoga like yoga mm-hmm. is just <sighs>
0: yeah
1: it's so zen for me and then of course my guardian chronicles page it's so therapeutic for me to go on on live and just tell my story, tell, you know, what's going on, you know, and really like, it feels great that I'm not alone. You know, it makes me feel like, oh my God, I just had a crazy day, but other people are experiencing the same thing and we can get through this together. Mm So yeah, those are, those are pretty much my self-care.
0: Yeah, so. no, nice. I love, I love, I love the dancing. I love that you have a great. You're blessed to have a great friendship and family and a family circle, and it's awesome to have a psychiatrist in the family, especially dealing with mental illness. And really amazing to see, you know, that he's a guardian and kind of took on that responsibility as well. Yes, um, but it
1: actually taught us something, though, because I'm like, okay. my brother is a. He's a psychiatrist and now an MD, you know, he's now a medical doctor. He ended up going back to school and he has immense experience in psychiatry. He does um, child and adolescent psychiatry versus adult psychiatry. But Mm -hmm. it's interesting how he knows everything in regards to the medications, the treatments and things like that. But when it came to guardianship, that's when his little sister could jump in and help him, you know. And I felt like, wow, it let me know, like this is an arena that people need to be educated about because here it is my doctor has well my doctor my brother has went through all of the schooling and it's like they didn't teach him about guardianship you know they these are Mm -hmm. things that should be taught people people should know these things and you kind of um get intimidated by it like um, on my page with Guardian Chronicles, I do the private consultations and I help people and I do it free of charge. I'm not um, charging anyone. I
0: mean,
1: and a lot of people that I speak to, they're like, well, I don't want to do the guardianship because it seems like a lot. It's just so much. And mm-hmm. when I was helping my brother, he was like, wow, I'm a physician. And I didn't know it was this easy to become a legal guardian. And mm-hmm. when you are a legal guardian versus a guardian, and a, just a regular guardian. Guardian is someone that says, "I am." Um, looking out for my loved one, but you don't have legal rights. So that means that you wouldn't be able to have super PHI, protected health information or any protected health information and things like that is needed. So again, the legal guardianship is the way to go, but it really does. um, It's just really interesting how it works with guardianship and how a lot of people don't know about it. And people get overwhelmed and they think that they have to go through guardianship attorneys and things like that and you don't have to go that route there's an easier way and i want to be the one to help people and show them that there is an easier way
0: yeah no I th- you're <laughs> feeling such a huge gap and such a huge void i can't imagine like it's so hard to find support groups especially for such i, I guess it's a, such a niche like I, I mean in your own local community was, was there anything like this existed and maybe what kind of did it kind of lead you i'm just i'm just assuming maybe it kind of led you to spark this idea with the guardian chronicles and and then to be online and doing like amazing consultations. I'm sure you're working with people all over the country and possibly even the world. So is that yes. kind of where uh, where it all started? Just just I think you're just feeling a gap. And is that kind of true? Just there's this void that you're kind of filling and um, kind of taking over there and being the one.
1: You know what? I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that, Jonathan. I really do. Um, what got me started was right before the pandemic. Um, my mom wasn't. Um, she she was living in a home, a senior home, and that facility had closed right before the pandemic. They lost their license actually. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for my mother another home and I couldn't find one. And the state was gonna put my mom in any old senior home. And I was like, no, I'm just gonna have her come live with me until I find a home for her. And while my mom was living with me, I was like, I just thought about it like, you know what? All these years I've been, you know, taking care of my mom, taking care of my aunt. And when I was hearing and watching on the news, you know, about everything with um, COVID, it just made me feel like somebody needs to see this. Somebody needs to hear what I'm going through because I know I am not the only person (laughs) on this earth that's dealing with this. So that's pretty much, it was the goal factor for me. It was like, I'm going to be taking care of my mom. I want people to see how this is. And then I also felt like it was sort of like a voice diary for me and a video diary. I felt like it was a way for me to express what I was going through without feedback. Because sometimes, even though we love our family and friends, they Mm -hmm. don't always understand. So sometimes you want to... Say something without getting anything back in return, and it was cool that I could create my videos, and it was sort of like a personal diary. I didn't even think that anyone was going to really like gravitate towards it the way that they did. But then, when people Mm -hmm. started speaking back, like "Oh, I'm dealing with this," and "I'm dealing with this," and "I'm dealing with this," and then people eventually started to reach out to me, like "Can you help with this? Can you help with that?" Can you mm-hmm. lead me here? I need these resources and things like that. So that's what started me doing the consultations.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I mean with COVID, that, that's such a—I love that phrase, go factor—and then it's really what it's yeah. kind of blossomed into organically, just from just trying to be like a cathartic, ex, you know, expression of yourself and your own journey. To all of a sudden, yes. you're getting this great positive feedback from people who are going mm-hmm. through the same, and it's just. Uh, it's just amazing and beautiful work what you're doing, and I'm hoping and I'm Thank and you. I hope it grows, and I hope it can pop up little seeds, you know, whatever you haven't planned in mind. But um, yes. I think it's beautiful that you have the the Guardian Chronicles. And um, what has been, what's like, give me like a positive, like what's been like a rewarding maybe memory or experience you've had in being a Guardian. I mean, I know there's ups and downs, but there's got to be so many yeah. like just rewarding moments that maybe behind the scenes uh-huh. people don't often see.
1: So many. So the great thing is, is when your loved ones are doing wonderful and being able to see their bright eyes, their smiling faces, and you see that they're reaching their goals. For example, with my mom right now, she always wanted to get back into working and getting into what my mom always says, the real world. Mm -hmm. And with her medication doing well for her, you know, it makes you feel good as a guardian because you feel like, wow, wow my loved one is doing great and when they're great you know it does make you feel good and when they're reaching their goals and you see the light in their eyes and you see how happy that they are same thing with my aunt when she's doing wonderful you know it makes you feel like all your hard work was worth it and like you just said it's not always bad it depends on the severity of the condition with my mom and aunt, theirs was more severe. You know, there are circumstances in which some people may be a guardian, but they don't have a severe situation. They just need a push every now and then. Just mm-hmm. someone to give them a little help, a little encouragement. Not everyone's situation is like mine, but with my particular situation, it does like oh my god, it feels my whole heart <laughs> to see them happy and that's the most rewarding part of being a guardian and then you also Mm -hmm. get to get the loving part of the relationship with your loved one like my mom and my aunt It's good that we can laugh together, we can hang out, you know, we can go to a concert, we can go out to eat, you know, it's, we can do everyday things, because those everyday things a lot of people take for granted. And my mom and my aunt hasn't always been in a position to be able to do that. So those things are very rewarding as a guardian to see.
0: Yeah, no, I, I can just only imagine you know moments behind closed doors with your family members, like a handheld or a hug, or just yes. simple just connect, like just connecting eye contact and some of those things, and it yes. just really, uh, it just really moves you. And so, um, yes. yeah, it's just it's just amazing. So it's just so happy to hear that. I mean, you can't really put a price on that, especially because of their family and things like that. It's like you really care mm-hmm. for them, and then it's so nice to see them achieve their goals. I'm so proud that she's doing well and she's able to uh, get 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 closer to striving to being in her in her real world, however she defines that. But uh, whatever yes. her goals are, I'm really proud that she, that she has you and to, to achieve it and um, just to feel more empowered. And to me, we feel, you know, I'm sure she has her moments and her own inner thoughts, but um, you're mm-hmm. kind of right there with her to kind of let uh, her know that she's still doing the darn thing and living her best life. So, um,
1: right. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, right. I, And I mean, I know we touched on how kind of sparked in COVID and how kind of like the assisted living. Uh, what would you say? Like, mm-hmm. is it assisted living homes or how would, how would you define those or?
1: So my mom, she lives in an assisted living home. An okay. assisted living home is where you have 24-hour care. So mm-hmm. there are always caregivers there 24 hours a day taking care of your loved one, providing meals in the morning, afternoon, evening, and night, and ensuring that they're getting their medications. Mm-hmm. Um, but my aunt, she's also in an assisting living home. However, there is another facility called an independent living home. And those are for conditions in which maybe people with uh, schizophrenia and bipolar disorder Disorder, their cases are not as severe where they can live out on their own amongst you know society and cook and clean and do everything on their own provide their own meals for themselves and so mm-hmm. we tried it with my aunt before it was successful for a while but then it kept going downhill so assistant living was best for her
0: yeah, yeah. and with your and brother then... being you know mm-hmm. go ahead
1: Oh, I was saying with my mom, my mom wants to be independent, but it's Mm -hmm. just been really challenging because over the years, the medications have really, um, gotten to her a lot, like mentally. So she still has like, um, a lot of hallucinations, a lot of delusions and things like that. So it's kind of challenging getting her into the independent living space, Mm -hmm. but lots of prayer, lots of, I'm trying to get her into the work training program and then gradually and see what happens. You never know. So I'm still keeping it up in the air, but right now it's just living is best for her too.
0: Yeah. Don't, don't Mm lose that hope. I love your positivity and you know, every day is a new day. And I love that you practice gratitude because yeah, oftentimes people do take these things for granted, like kind of Mm -hmm. the functioning and the day to day. Um, I know, and especially with your brother being in the family, like we touched on with his, with his breadth of knowledge and being an MD now and a psychiatrist and Mm -hmm. Um, What is it kind of like maybe when you're walking in there and you're maybe checking out these kind of living assist living homes and maybe like what is it like if you don't see eye to eye, especially with somebody in the family who is well, you know, maybe has a second opinion or a different opinion. Have, have you ever experienced like that where you just don't see eye to eye with maybe something that they're recommending or something they would like to do to the person that you're uh, in charge of their guardianship for?
1: Yes, so I don't. Um, I see it in the group homes, um, mm-hmm. which are also called assistant living facilities interchangeably sometimes. But I mainly see situations in which I don't see eye to eye with the manager, the caregivers of the homes. Um, that's the assistant living facilities. Or if my mom is impatient, sometimes I go through a bit of um, issues. I'll start with the assisted living. So. With assisted living, sometimes when the manager or the caregivers may come to you as a guardian and say, here are my concerns with your mom. As an example, they would tell me, "Um, I think your mom needs a medication to help calm her because she has outbursts throughout the day. And I would say, well, here's the thing with giving the The medication for outbursts throughout the day. It's called a PRN medication as needed, and it's giving the caregivers the right to give your loved one a medication every time they feel that they need it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not personally a fan of that. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason why is because some people abuse it. So that's what I mean by not seeing eye to eye. I am a type of guardian that would prefer to typically go through the um, route of the physician and just change their main medications versus providing um, a PRN as needed medication. Those Mm -hmm. are like main situations that um, you guys may run into, you know, because sometimes it is that, you know, your loved one may need a as needed medication. And if that happens. Instead of giving them like 30 days worth of this as needed medication to ensure that the home doesn't abuse that power, my brother was telling me like, you know what, just tell them to give five for the whole month, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I told my brother like, yeah, that would be a great idea. And then that way you would know that your loved one isn't being taken advantage of. As much as I trust the homes my mom and my aunt lives in, Mm -hmm. I always keep my eyes open you know, but that is a, a very, very prime example, a common example of what happens sometimes when you're a guardian and your loved one is in a home is that they do sometimes need as needed meds.
0: Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's a great tips and advice. And I'm sure those are some of those things that you're kind of doing and your consultations and really giving the time, yes. the one-on-one needs. And um, yes. I, I learned so much just now about guardianship mm-hmm. and um, the ups, the downs, the rewarding moments, and really yeah. kind of the the background of it, and how how it really isn't that difficult to to kind of take care of someone and um, yeah. kind of kind of step in. And um, where can people find you? Maybe there, maybe this inter- maybe this episode has really piqued their interest. Maybe they they know somebody, or um, I know I know I I know I get called all the time being in the mental yeah. health community. It's like, hey, I have an adult here, um, they're kind of in need of something. Like, what do I do? And maybe we can mm-hmm. refer them to you and kind of funnel them to you. And where where can we find you? And what, what kind of projects are you working on?
1: Okay, you guys can find me on Instagram at Guardian Chronicles, and that is spelled G-U-A-R-D-I-A-N Chronicles, C-H-R-O-N-I-C-L-E-S. And if you guys would like the book of consultation, just click the link in the bio and wherever I'm available, just go ahead and book. And I would love, love, love to help you guys. Um, I want to help make this process easier for you. Um, I know that the information we spoke about on this podcast, um, I know it may seem like a lot, but I promise you, I will make it easy for you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if you have any questions, you can always come back to me. And um, I just want to make sure that i provide the support that I wish that I had, you know, In my 20s, it was tough. And when Mm -hmm. I was an adolescent, it was tough, you know? Mm -hmm. And I wish I had the resources that I'm providing now. So if you guys do have someone in your family, if you know of someone that has bipolar schizophrenia um, and that you feel like, you really need help or you know that your friend or a stranger, a neighbor of someone needs help, please send them my way. And I'll do my best to help. And if I can't, I'll guide you to someone who can, and we can go from there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I strongly encourage everybody listening to this episode to really bookmark guardian chronicles. Um, Christina is just, and she's doing this for free, which is amazing. There's no charge. There's no with medical care and some of those things. And you're getting somebody who has, two decades plus of experience with this. So you're kind of getting the fast track or the, you know, a cheat code, if you will, on, on the, and then kind of the roadmap and the game plan, if you will, however you want to describe it, but you're really getting a jump start on this from people who are just not, you know, backtrack to like what you just said, or just Mm -hmm. entering a new territory. So um, thank you so much, Christina, for coming on the, on the podcast today. I would definitely include everybody in the show notes, a clickable link to your Instagram and yeah, go ahead and jump on her calendar. And just have a beautiful chat with her and, and, and you know, help somebody up, uh, help somebody out there and who's in need and keep them on the right track. And it's very rewarding and so many positive things. And it's easier than you think. So, uh, Christina, thank you again for coming on the Lifting with Bipolar podcast. And I hope to maybe have a future episode with you again.
1: Thank you so much, Jonathan, for having me. Thank you.
0: Awesome. All righty, folks, this concludes this episode. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Lifting with Bipolar. Stay connected with me directly through jonathansharko.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at jonathansharko. As always, thank you for pushing your mindset and heart towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to please leave a review of the podcast, as well as subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, Be kind to yourself and each other.